Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Acknowledge the Luchu Widder people, the traditional owners of the land the upcoming game is played on, and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Welcome to the 2021 AFL Premiership season on AFL Nation. Pitches on its point, goes over the top of Power Pepper, but it sits for Rosie, who cuts the 50, doubles back, opens it up, exquisite skill, bounces it home. Bontem Pelly, can he get enough on the ball? Oh, yes, he can. It's Bontem Pelly. A glorious kick for goal. Metagola releases it to Cameron. He's kicking for six. Jeremy Cameron charging away. Hooker's down there. Three cats jump against him. Stringer's got the crumb. Runs outside of the boot. And he's nailed it. It couldn't be goal of the night with the opening goal of the night, could it? Breaks the tackle. Wobbles one. Where are you, buddy? There he is. <laughs> he juggles the mark at the front. Half passing board. Petraka. Can he get it home? Yes, he can. Handed it to Green. Open goal. And he'll slot it with ease. Toby Green versus the world, and Green's still winning. Great strike, magnificent kick from Joe Danaher. Massive white smile spread across his face. Welcome to AFL Nation. Yes, a very warm Saturday afternoon, AFL Nation. Welcome to you, brought to you by Athena Home Loans on this second finals day in uh, 2021. Check out our super low home loan rates at athena.com.au. I was about to say September, but uh, we're getting a, we're actually getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, don't forget, you can have play your part in our coverage on AFL Nation all across the weekend. Give us a ring on the Southern Phone open line. Simplify your life with Southern, Southern Phone mobile plans. Anthony Hudson in the chair with Dwayne Russell this afternoon. We've got a cast of thousands. Thousands, actually, in the lead-up to this uh, big game this afternoon, the Sydney Derby, which, of course, is coming from Launceston in Tasmania, which makes perfect sense in this year, Dwayne Russell. It does, Hutto. So much to get to, so little time. It's uh, good to be talking some actual footy, the nuts and bolts of footy, teams playing against teams, players, uh, their effort level, uh, rather than talking about Carlton coaching jobs <laughs> and who's going to run the Collingwood board and all that kind of stuff. It, it, it is nice to see footy top of the agenda and boy we've got some good footy coming and did we have some good footy last night well one team played some pretty good footy well you couldn't lose of course being a former Geelong player and a mad Port Adelaide fan all mixed in one or two men who can reflect on last night and look ahead to what will be a huge final there's some there's a tremendous rivalry that's real between those two sides Adam Cooney and Nick Del Santo in our experts chair part of our rotation as we lead into the opening bounce so much to reflect on last night and look ahead to Del welcome to you hello Hutto Duano Coons lovely to be here. What a fantastic night last night was. Now, clearly from a Geelong perspective, it wasn't your favourite night of the year, but off the back of last week, Hutto, and all the things that we got out of that round 23 with the great come from behind victories, the changing of the ladder, the percentage coming down to the final moments, 
as much as it was a 43-point margin last night, I loved the game. And I look at it as a whole, and we'll break it down a little bit, a little bit smaller, a little bit in more detail. Port Adelaide played finals football. The pressure was up. Geelong weren't playing finals football. That, that was going back to the start of the year where it was just finding your feet and going through the motions. I loved the pressure and the finals pressure that Port Adelaide put on from the very first bounce, and they did that for the entire game. Can they win it, Coons? Good afternoon to you. Oh, they've got the shotgun ride to win it. I thought they were a huge chance leading in. I've been a Port Adelaide advocate for the last three years that they could win the premiership. I think in the last three seasons, there's been a team better than them. Every time they've come up against someone, they've just had the edge. It's a bit like when we used to play against St Kilda. I always felt like the Saints were just marginally better than the Western Bulldogs in that 8, 9, 10 period. There was always a team that was just slightly ahead. This year, it's an open race. It has been for the majority of the season. The Bulldogs played great footy for 18 rounds. Melbourne were dominant for the first part of the season, but then they've shown weaknesses and cracks in their game, even last week against the Cats. So there is no real clear favourite leading into this one. It was almost an any given Sunday type situation. Given with COVID and everything going on, we could have played a game anywhere. Teams have to travel on the morning, which can affect different players' preparations. But Port Adelaide landing in the four, getting a home final, dismantling the Cats last night, puts them in the box seat for definitely uh, premiership flag favouritism. You can get involved all day long on the social feedback too for Summit Internet, faster business internet. Head to at AFL Nation on Twitter as well. Shout out too for Ringers Western. Ringers Western clothing looks great in the city, looks great on Coons, looks great on Dell mm-hmm. and Duano. And Tufts. Gee, you weren't so convinced about that. <laughs> and, and Tufts are out on the land as well. So when Dwayne's on his sweeping property down there around Geelong. And hey, Coons has got more land Coons than me. Coons probably got a little bit more no, land. Dwayne has got a lot more land than me. He's you're, got a couple. Uh, what are alpacas down there eating your grass too? Uh, you need to, I'm a, I've got uh, 2,000 head of rabbit and 4,000 head of ant and two alpacas. <laughs> That's how good a farmer I am. Do you, do you like, call them as they go around the backyard, Dwayne? Uh, I'll put a photo on Instagram. I had one of the alpacas in the house watching Bathurst with me last year. So, yeah, they do come in occasionally. <laughs> Sounds like the cloak family. <laughs> What's going on there, Dwayne? <laughs> getting a bit lonely down in lockdown. Got the alpacas in for a chat. <laughs> So we'll speak to Dave Matthews shortly and also to Jared McVeigh about what's ahead and we'll, we'll uh, talk in more detail about today's catch. But how is Chris Scott feeling right now and what will his reaction be, do you think, uh, other than a knee-jerk, which would be to you know, take eight players out of the team and then, then actually really well. Well, probably, name us your eight. Maybe I not eight, eight. Drop Gary Ryan, Lockie Henderson, <laughs> retire yourself, so danger's how, gone. How does that process work, do you think, from when the siren sounded to where he sits now to when, it, when he actually has to make decisions on how he's going to communicate with the group and what he's going to do at selection between now and next week where they'll play the winner of this afternoon's game? He has no choice but to be positive because it's a slippery slope downhill if you dwell on it for any more than 12 hours. So post-game, you're, you can be, you can have the grumps up, but the group is together. So you can't avoid the coach for the next few days. Whereas if you had a couple of days off to reset and then and gather on Monday at the footy club, which is generally what would have happened, you have 48 hours to sort of de-stress. And, but there is none of that. Everyone's in each other's faces. So he has no choice this morning to front up and be positive with the, with the group to try and get them back on track as quickly as possible. It's, it's been a demoralising fortnight of footy for Geelong. It's, it, this, it's been coming because of their last quarters in the last month, we should have seen that they were slowing down. Playing some great footy, but then last quarters have been horrible over the last month. Is that, a, is that a sign of an old group starting to tire at this part of the year? Is it the way that they're playing? I thought last night the ballistic ball movement of Port Adelaide compared to um, Geelong's safe 
slow, and and even their their switches of footy, which were which are generally really safe options for them. They turned the ball over, switching long 50, 60 metre kicks across goal, which cost them early. So It was too bad to be true though, wasn't it? And I totally agree and that's been the question over Geelong's style of play, but even for them, yeah. it was telegraphed, and then they yep. like you'd be tempted across the uh, across the breakfast table this morning to just pick up an orange and throw it across to one of their players and Henderson. see they could, see they could so, catch so it. Yeah. Even on that, right, so, but that's on the. Uh, sorry to cut you off, Dale, but that's what you guys have been talking about. That heat, bringing the heat. Yeah. So you might not spoil the ball actually in the contest, but the fact that you've been bringing heat all night, and the fact that you do look like you might get there to put a little bit of pressure on, even though you're not going to actually affect it. I think that draws drop marks. Dangerfield's drop mark. Henderson's drop mark. Uh, there was even one where Lysette was dropping back in defence and there was a Geelong player on the lead. might have been Hawkins. And you knew that Lysette wasn't going to get there to spoil. Perceived. But the fact that Ly- Lysette mm. tried 100% just yep. to put 10% of heat on it. Yeah. He could have pulled up and put no percent of heat on. But 10% of heat's better than no percent of heat. Might have been Cameron, actually. Yeah. I think. So, I mean, yeah. so to go back to your original question, if you're Chris Scott, how are you feeling this morning when you wake up? I- I'd still say there would be a sense of confusion. Why has this happened? And then ultimately the actions off the back of it. How do we change this to make sure it doesn't happen again? So once you work through that and decipher exactly where it broke down, I heard his post-game press conference last night. I thought he actually analysed it. Yeah, he did it really in well. In some ways in the heat of the moment. Like it's very raw. I actually thought he analysed exactly what had happened really well, the way that they weren't able to defend, keep the ball in their front half. They, they won the stoppage count. So that, that's a positive. And I think I'm with Coons. If this but was, it, if this was almost, during the year... It almost made it worse, didn't they, that they won the stoppages, they had a good run with the umpires, yes. and yet they still got absolutely obliterated. But, but I, I think you, the choice for Chris Scott now is, if this was during the year, you could make an example. Yep. You could say, sorry, those actions aren't good enough for the way that we want to go looking forward, but those days are gone. This is their best team, or what they've currently got is their best options going forward. How do you get back on the horse? How do you rebuild that dangerous word of confidence to make sure in six or seven days' time they're back to what we've seen for the majority of the year? So they won stoppage in the end by, I think it was six. six Absolutely yep. smashed from scores from stoppage yep. early. So the quality that Port Adelaide, messy, the it? output from Port far outweighed the, the messy hack kick out of a stoppage. So sometimes clearance numbers can be distorted. Just how hard Travis Boak and Ollie Wines actually worked compared to Geelong's midfield. And early, Aliria set this game up for them because of where he was positioned. I thought it was great to back in McKenzie on Hawkins. I don't yep. think I would have been as bold uh, a coach as Ken Hinckley to do that. He's done that a couple of times with got, an unusual matchup. A couple what, what of times. Interesting then, I found was yeah, Aaliyah playing on the small and he was happy to do that because Jonas had a history on Jeremy Cameron. That wasn't something that anyone had really talked about in the lead-in. That mm. Jonas would, We all just presumed everyone said, well, Lear will play on Cameron again because he did last time. Yep. But Jonas had a good history on Cameron. so he was, and, and it almost sounded like when Kenny, this was in the interview with the, the Crunch Time boys today, that he didn't play him on him earlier in the year because he wanted to hold that Keep up, it up his sleeve, sleeve for the finals. Mm. Very That's smart. really clever. Smart so Lear so is now playing the Jake Lever role. So they picked their target. So gone are the days where you would love to put your big three against the key forwards. You actually pick your target. So Lear is playing on someone that's smaller, gets into a relevant position, says their responsibility as a small forward is to get up the ground. Yep. And Lear is so good at assessing it. Like Jake Lever, and they say... I don't need to go up there with you. That, that, that's a, a silly position for me as a key defender. I, my job is to roll back. You go up there into a relevant position, get caught up in the traffic, and he sits behind the football. Now, another sign of pressure is when they kick it to Ali time and time again. We're sitting at home in the comfort of our couches saying, can they not see Ali? Well, like, what are they doing? <laughs> well, There's no time and space uh, for them, in, so they in, had to. Spot on, Coons. <laughs> in that moment, and being in this situation numerous times, 
you feel like you have that pressure on you. You don't want to get caught holding the ball coming out of a stoppage. So your first thought is, take yardage. I don't want that pressure on me. Let's get it forward and be able to set up behind it. But you kick it straight to that spare man being a lead. So they set up beautifully behind the football. The other guy that I want to mention that I haven't heard anyone speak about is Scott Lysette. Now, he's had 16 hit-outs, eight disposals and two tackles. So they're not huge numbers. I thought he was significant with his aggression in the ruck. He smashed Ray Stanley physically. But then around the ground, he had a little bit of Shane Mumford's about him. He was, you know, a body here. And I'm watching the game thinking, oh, a cat's just gone down a little bit behind play. <laughs> Nothing untoward. No report. I'm like, Scott Lysette's just taken a few bodies on the way. I thought he was really significant. Can I just say, just back on the Illyrily situation, did they not get enough information, the cat's small forwards? Or or did they go in expecting that Illyrily was going to play on Jeremy Cameron so they didn't give the information to the smalls not to get up too high? They so said I thought, they, they, the they, they were expecting it. That's the what first thing said. that you would have said to the small forwards yeah. is, whoever's got Illyrily, if it's close, if it, if it was Gary, Rowan, if it was Dowhouse up high, Make him don't accountable. drag yeah. early, early up high. You've got to keep him deep. You've got to keep him accountable because every time they went up high and got into the mess, he was able to just drop off. And, and even when he wasn't marking him after quarter time, he'd run back, he would get a hand in. He didn't dominate in terms of intercept marks after quarter time, but he was still significant in his positioning and where he was able to actually affect a spoil. He was in their heads too, wasn't he? And they, they could have been further ahead at quarter time. They got that late goal from Fantasia, which, which gave them the advantage, and then they dominated the second term. We'll take a break. We will come back to this game and give you a chance to have your say as a fair few uh, list managers I think for uh, for Geelong who are wearing the hoops today that might want to make some changes. Everyone needs to take a bit of a breath on that and work out what the way is forward. But after the break, we're going to speak to Dave Matthews. <laughs> Been amazing the logistics at all the clubs and the two Sydney teams in particular have had to deal with. So we'll get a window into that with Dave Matthews, their CEO. You're listening to AFL Nation. It's our pre-game show for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. As we cast our eye ahead to what should be a huge Sydney derby between the Sydney Swans and GWS, of course, from Utah Stadium down in Launceston. On the, on the line now joining us after what has been an incredible year logistically for his club, but they've done a remarkable job with the, the circumstances and it's, uh, it's certainly an opportunity for them now is the CEO of the Giants. And that's Dave Matthews. Afternoon to you, Dave. Good afternoon, Hado. Uh, are you proud of what the team has done so far? I know you wouldn't be satisfied yet, but you must be pretty proud given all the circumstances. Yeah, very proud, absolutely. I think the, the challenges that uh, they've had to confront this year have, have been, I think, in a lot of ways more difficult than last year. And you know, the resilience shown has been, been extraordinary, and particularly the leadership of Jason McCartney. He's had the department, you know, the players and the team, and for that matter, the family is very settled uh, or as settled as they can be under the circumstances. So you're really, really proud. What of some of the logistics that, I mean, even this week, from my understanding, uh, you, you, yeah, there was a meeting on Thursday and you're told one thing, what day you can come in and can you even bring the staff in on the same time as the players? They might have to wait till match day. What are some of those hurdles and the, that you've just kind of had to wear and, and not panic about but try and get the right result? Yeah, I think initially, Hutto, we thought we'd be going to Melbourne just for a couple of weeks, two to three weeks, hoping New South Wales would settle, and it and it obviously hasn't. And so, I mean, it's all, all the things that you see about you know, short notice um, to actually get from one state to the next, you know, we short notice from Sydney to Melbourne, short notice from Melbourne to Queensland. Uh, eventually, when we got the families up to Queensland, we then had to move the footy team back down to Melbourne. And this is what I say about the leadership of Jason in particular, and 
and also Stephen Doyle and Leon Cameron. I, I think they've just been very, very open to just trying to work out what's controllable and, and then otherwise just accepting the circumstances and moving on really quickly. Dave, what about the ups and downs of the emotion of the group? So we understand you've been away for an extended period of time. Did you feel like there was a change, particularly within the playing group, with their enthusiasm, with the lure of finals being there and then ultimately winning four of your last five games? Was there a significant shift that might have made being away from home a little bit easier? Absolutely, Nick. I think that's right. Last year, our experience in Sanctuary Cove was... We we were watching the difficulties, particularly that the Kangaroos were having when you... I guess when you're out of contention, we were staying in the same place at Sanctuary Cove. And, you know, I think they were trying to do the best they could under circumstances where, you know, they're having a difficult season. And I suppose last year, because we stayed in contention till the last week or two, that the mood was was generally okay. But I I think that is a difficulty if you're on the road in these circumstances and and you haven't got any hope ahead of you. And, And in saying that, I do think we've embraced the challenge a lot better this year than we did last year. Last year, the frustration for us was that Sydney was essentially functional. And so you sort of couldn't really get your head around why the border was closed between New South Wales and Queensland. This year, um, you know, Sydney is certainly in a difficult position at the moment. So I think the players have learned a fair bit of out of last year's experience and, and probably just more accepting of the circumstances. Was there any players in particular or the leadership group that you felt off the back of last year's experiences, they've been not only better equipped but have been better leaders for the group this year? Uh, look, I think the leadership has been very, very effective this year and it's not always um, obvious externally or publicly, but I think the player leaders have, have really worked very, very hard this year. It was a difficult year last year for Stephen Canelio as a first year as captain and he's had some challenges again this year in terms of injuries and, and his ability to, to get right and he's got great support from the likes of Toby Green and you know, even this week I know Phil Davis who hasn't come back into the team yet has been just a, a really positive force around the group and, and Callan Ward's form, you know, he's back to probably almost in career best form so yeah, I think that the, the experienced players around the group, Matt DeBoer, Josh Kelly, I think when Josh Kelly extends long-term too, that, that changes things just a fraction for us. So, no, everything's, um, everything's been good, but the momentum in recent weeks has been fantastic. Can you elaborate on some of the different strategies you use to keep the morale up with the players? Obviously, being away from, from home for so long is difficult. You've played great footy, as Dow mentioned, four of the last five. Can, can you give us a couple of examples of what you've done with the group? Is it some different activities, um, things like that? Well, obviously, minimises the things you can do um, outside, of course, because of COVID, but just a few things to keep the group morale up. Yeah, look, I think they're, they're a very tight group, Adam. They're, they're, they have a lot of fun. They really enjoy themselves. And I was talking to the Geelong doctor, former Geelong doctor, Jeff Allen, who's been helping us out whilst we've been on the road. And I talked to him during the week and I sort of, you know, to give us a few insights into the club. And he just said, I can't, I can't, can't say I've seen a group that enjoys each other's company so much. They really do have a lot of fun. I mean, I'm not there with them on the ground, but they're always organising things and, 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 I guess making sure that different individuals feel that they're well supported if they're going through any sort of difficulties. But look, when we first got down to Melbourne, they were eventually able to live as Victorians. Um, And so, you know, they were were getting to restaurants and they were getting to cafes and 
unfortunately they were going to rugby union games. <laughs> out. But um, no, look, I think I think they've really had a different experience, albeit that you know we we're all and hopeful, weren't we, in everyone in the industry that we wouldn't find ourselves in this position. But um, no, they've they've been uh, very been very admirable. And Dave, Hutto asked you before about the feeling of this group and if you are proud regarding what you've been through and getting ready for today. How do you feel about today and the possibilities about what a couple of hours' time could hold for you? Yeah, I feel great. Really excited about it. I mean, it's a great derby day for our club generally because Giants Netball's playing in the grand final against the Swifts and the Swifts have some association with the Swans. So, um, you know, it really is a huge day for the club and it's remarkable, Nick, to think that you know, in our short history, we've already faced the Swans three times in finals. Uh, you know, when we started this club or bought a second team into the Sydney market, it was how do we create a rivalry between the two clubs? And I think that rivalry got established pretty quickly. And then it gets absolutely reinforced when you're playing big finals. So, look, I, I know our guys are very excited about today. And if they could have scripted it, this is exactly the clash they would have wanted. Mike, this has almost taken some of the hatred out of it, Dave. You've had a shared experience with the Swans this year, really. Yeah, I think, it, I guess that was one of the changes for, for finals. We flew down separately to Tassie. So <laughs> I thought maybe that just shows that it goes up a gear when they put you on separate planes on the way to the final. <laughs> so, but yeah, we have, you know, we've, we've found ourselves in the same hotel even last night. Um, and, uh, you know, the, both clubs are at the ground now just, waiting basically for the game to start. So there has been a lot of shared experiences. Yeah, I've, I've spoken to Tom Harley more in the last two years than I would have in the last probably 10. I mean, he just there's a lot of things that the clubs are going through that are very similar, and I think we, we feed off each other off-field, but obviously on-field, it's on for young and old. The Sydney Derby. Quick break, that was. <laughs> Shout-out for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tyler's Beaumont Tiles have what you need. You know, Beaumont Tiles are here to help and uh, they have helped Peter Brandon from Beaumont Tiles Edwardstown in Adelaide to keep his, his business going and they can help you too. How's this for a helping hand from Beaumont Tiles? You can win a share of 100 grand's worth of RLA waterproofing, grouts and glues. That's right, 100 grand worth of materials could be yours. Sounds very good, Hutto. It does. I've actually been to the Beaumont at Edwardstown. You can shop at Beaumont or jump on iconwin.com.au to enter. Yeah, fitting out the bathroom at Paraka. Absolutely. are Are you a good grouter or not? Oh, no, bring the grouter in. All oh, right. But my dad was the kind of guy who would do anything. Mm. Um, he'd, he could fix it. He couldn't fix it straight, but he could fix it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, all, that's all you need. You wouldn't want him doing your tiling then. <laughs> what, what hope, buddy, getting eight goals this afternoon and getting to 1,000? Oh, uh, no, I don't think it'll happen today. Um, I, I can't see... Two fours. Y- y- yeah, I can't see the way that they set up behind the football, the Giants of the last month, that they allow anybody to have that sort of day out. So is it better... If he does it in the finals, or is it better if it hangs over till next year? I want to be there for it, And he starts on 998 next year, and he does it at home at the SCG. Grand final day would be the better option, wouldn't it? Well, no, because we can't get over there, Dwayne. Right, that's a good point. As long as they run out onto the Oval. It's a big rivalry between the Giants and the Sydney Swans, but that just sort of, I think what's a bigger rivalry is the family rivalry in the coach's box between Jared McVeigh and Mark McVeigh. One with the Swans and one with the Giants and uh, the former skipper of the Swans and now an assistant coach, Jared McVeigh, joins us. Afternoon, Jared. Good afternoon, boys. Thanks for having me. Family rivalry at stake this afternoon as much as anything. Yeah, it is. Um, We've kind of been following each other around the country uh, this year and you know, just bumped into him before at the middle of the field and um, a friendly good luck, but didn't mean it. So, <laughs> um, 
yeah, look, it's uh, obviously, um, you know, a huge game for both teams. And, you know, we've been, you know, crossing paths all year, as, as I said before. And, you know, it's quite weird that we, we find ourselves here today playing in a, a derby. We are actually talking to Dave Matthews just before and almost that there's, it's a genuine rivalry. We've, we've seen that on the field. But there has been quite a shared experience between the two sides and two clubs this year, hasn't there? Yeah, I mean, we've had to, yeah, I mean, very similar paths this year and, um, you know, you know, we've given them some players in our reserves and they've given us us uh, players in reserves. So we've played together with, you know, they've played in Swans jumpers, we've played in Giants jumpers. So a lot of that stuff's a lot different, but, you know, it's fortunate that, you know, both teams are on the same path and trying to, and you know, trying to get it done and, uh, we find ourselves in elimination final today and we can't wait. Macca, before we get into more of the game, we are really excited to hear. I want to ask you about Braden Campbell. I've seen him on the omitted list. What's his situation? Why is he not playing? Oh, look, you know, probably comes down to, you know, not having Mills in the team and then we thought we needed a bit more run and, you know, he's only played uh, three or four games coming off um, a long-term uh, stress fracture and uh, Bell's running is probably the best in our team. So we just thought we'd change that up a little bit uh, uh, with a big open ground. Um, you know, we thought we just needed a bit more run with Mills going out of the team. So, so not even a medical sub? Couldn't even find him as the 23rd man? No, we had to just, just change a few things up this week. But, look, he's been in, you know, he's been playing really well. We're wrapped with him. And, um, you know, if we were to, to be able to make it through, you know, he's certainly still in the mix, absolutely. And, you know, we've been wrapped with what he's doing this year. You know, he's a first-year player. And, you know, sometimes these things happen. Yep. T- tell us about this young group. Now, we sit on the outside and we give so much praise to this young group, which probably flows into the ball movement, which they get a lot of credit for, as does Don Pope. Can you tell us about the influence that this young group has had on the likes of a, a Joey Kennedy or even a Buddy and a Parker that have been there and done it before for so long and they play a style of football? What's this young group brought to the team? I mean, just great in- enthusiasm and energy. I mean, last year we won five games, but we were we were in... I think we lost nine games under 12 points. So, um, you know, we're thereabouts. And we just, you know, just when the the arm wrestle came last year, we just weren't good enough to, to really put the foot down and, and get over those hurdles. But this year, um, you know, with a lot of games into the young kids, and we believe we've got some great talent there, um, you know, they've flourished this year. And the way they treated the hub last year was amazing. You know, we were wrapped with uh, the spirit that they showed and the togetherness. And I think that's flowed on to this year. And, um, you, you, know, you know, we really enjoy the hub. Um, you know, it's hard without the families and stuff like that. But, um, you know, but the way they've um, banded together has been something I haven't seen before. And this group's as close as anything. And it just gives Joey and Barton Parks a, a new lease of life that they're back here and, and, and have the chance to win a final again. It's been a faster-moving Sydney Swans team and building over the last couple of years. How much do we put that down to Don Pike's uh, involvement there or is that just a natural progression having so many younger players in the side that their enthusiasm, they want to move the ball quicker? I think it's a bit of both. I mean, we sat down as coaches at the start of the year and kind of tried to revamp the whole game plan defence-wise, attack-wise and um, I think our defence actually flows into our attack and the way we've been doing that and you know, we're the number one pressure team in the competition at the moment. And that, you know, when we have that, our ball movement uh, seems to flow on from that because you're in really good positions anyway as, as a group. Um, but Pike has been fantastic with the way he picks apart the opposition. Um, and then, you know, the boys love ball movement, don't they? They don't really come and talk to the defence coach throughout <laughs> the week. It's all about the ball movement. So, um, but we've got, you know, McInerney off the half back and, and the Lizard, which we're missing him. But, um, 
you know, they've got super speed and super fitness. And, you know, if the ball's in their hands, we want them to go. We want them to go hard and fast. Macca, is Don Pike getting too much credit for the ball <laughs> move? Do you feel it's taken away from you and Think a few so, of the Dan. others? Think so. <laughs> no, no, certainly not. It's all him. Um, <laughs> he, he's been, you know, I'm, I, I mean, he was fantastic at Adelaide with their ball movement stuff. And, um, He's shown us a lot of different stuff that we haven't seen before, and that's why you get people like that across and, you know, to improve uh, week in, week out. And, you know, I've learned so much from him as well and his experience and now and, um, yeah, but that's been fantastic from him. And, and quite seriously on that front, for John to be able to, you know, in the first place, want him to come to the footy club and then be open, even though he's been, you know, an, an assistant himself for 10 years and then a senior coach for another 10 or whatever it is, that's that says a fair bit about him as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, you know, seeing our horse from the other side of the fence now is, um, you know, he cares so much for our playing group and, and he wants our coaches to, you know, to be senior coaches as well and, um, you know, bring Pikey across, another experienced um, coach who's been a head coach. I think that really helps him too. And, you know, he's down on the bench this year because I think he's got so much trust of, of what's up in the box as well and he feels comfortable, you know, which is great. What have you seen from the Giants over the last month, Macca, or, and spoken about this week that, that's an area of concern for you guys? Oh, I think contested footy is probably, um, you know, their greatest strength. You know, those boys in the middle there, Hopper and Tarano, Ward, um, you know, they're hard. You know, they're really hard players. And, um, you know, we played them at the Gold Coast. We were minus 20 at halftime. Then we pulled that around uh, to be plus 20 in the second half. And that was probably the game for us last time. And, you know, that's our biggest area today. Um, we know that's what they bring. They play with a hard edge and uh, we hope to match that on the inside. Then we hope to run them to death. What do you say to a player like Hayden McLean leading into the game this afternoon? Obviously, there's so much focus on Lance Franklin. What into, Does it just simplify his role to, to be that support for Buddy? Yep. Uh, basically, just tell him to compete. If the ball's in the air, you bring it to ground. If there's someone in front of you, you put your knee through them. Uh, so that's all he's got to do. And, um, <laughs> I like this. And, and, and that's all we ask you know, of him. Um, you know, no tricks to it today. There's going to be a lot of you know, long down the line footy, and that's just what it's about. So that's what he's got to do. Macker, is there a feeling of some nervousness amongst the group? You know, some that have been there and done that, as we've touched on those experienced guys. What's the general feeling of, say, those younger guys again? What's their, you know, for those experiencing a final for the first time? Well, I think there's always nerves on, you know, for everyone. Um, but they're a different breed now, Dal. Mm. Like they, they dance, they carry on before games, and <laughs> they're yahooing. So it's you're not quite sure. Maybe it's fake. I'm not sure. But they seem to just thrive on it. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate. They've played in some, you know, against some very good teams this year, big games. Um, certainly not with the crowd here, but, you know, against your Brisbane's in round one and Geelong. And, you know, they've risen to the occasion and... and you know, they want to write their own story. Um, you know, we speak about the bloods of the past a lot, but these guys want to write their own story and, you know, can't wait to see them go about it today. How do you define yahooing? <laughs> well, just, you know, wooing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> hey, how many, could bud carry kick, on. how many could bud kick today, do you reckon? I know it won't be your focus and all that sort of stuff and the, <laughs> the win is what matters, but, I mean, his performance this year really has been outstanding again, hasn't it? It has. I mean, if he gets there anywhere near your commentary, I think we'll be in a good spot. Hutto's um, <laughs> been building oh, look, up to this, Macca. <laughs> he has. Uh, yeah, look, he's um, you know really wrapped with what he's been doing. I mean, he's played, I think, 17 games now for the year. And, you know, from where he's come from the last two years, um, you know, we're wrapped with that. He had a rest a few weeks ago, and I think that did him a world of good. He looked, um, you know, he had something in his eye last week. He was just ready to go and... 
you know, he's sensing this is his time, so I can't wait. Do you feel like this is the best year out of a whole heap? Oh, I know the Dogs did it in 2016 for a, for a team to win it outside the four. Yeah, I think, well, it's so close this year. I mean, the, you know, the top four come down to those last moments, but we weren't far off as well ourselves. You know, we lost a couple of tight ones to, to Giants and to Melbourne. So, you know, that could have been us in that position. And then, um, so it's so tight. But, yeah, I do think so. It's, um, you know, no one's really got a home game except for Port. So, you know, that's kind of out the window. But, um yeah, yeah, look, I think it can happen, but, you know, it, it all depends on today, I guess. It does, and it starts soon. We'll let you go. We appreciate your time, Jared. Uh, good luck. Thank you, guys. Jared McVeigh, Swans assistant coach. I'm, I'm still trying to get my head around what Sydney have done this mm. year, and I feel like I haven't actually called them a lot of matches, but I've seen plenty of them, but I still quite can't quite comprehend what that – like, from the start, remember they, they beat – Brisbane at the start of the year, yep. they beat Richmond at the MCG, and we all thought Brisbane, uh, the Richmond, were the, the team to beat. And then they, I guess, they have plateaued at times with a, on a couple of occasions, but they've beaten some some really decent teams. They've been the really way. competitive. So you're right. That that storyline was, geez, they're out of the blocks really fast. Can they play finals? And the general feeling was, no, no, they're they're too young. They'll run out of legs. It's just too difficult to do it um, with this collective group. But I think there's something within this as well, Hutto. So we always reference, and this is where history sometimes tricks us, the, the Swans are a stoppage team. They're really combative. They love it in tight. But as you just heard from Jarek McVeigh, that's the Giants. And when we speak yeah. about the Giants, we think about the tsunami and this open, talented style of football. No, no, their game starts at the contest. The Sydney Swans are the team now that like to get it on the outside and get that ball generated off the half-back line. So I like the contrasting styles today. Both teams are relatively young as you look through their experience. So I, I can't wait to see how these two forces meet and what it, how it plays out in those different ways. I'm surprised Sydney are favourites. I don't think there's much in it, but I'm surprised that they're favourites. I, I look at the teams, and I know the Giants at the bottom end have got some, some you know, players like Steen and so forth that, um, uh, you know, that ha- – we- uh, Connor Iden yeah, haven't played a lot of footy, but mm. I mean the Swans have also got some young players, and I just look at that that massive midfield they've got and think, well, uh, to me the Giants are the favourites, but that's not the way it is. If the Swans lose today, is their season been a success, Coons? I think it has been a success, what a about, huge success. What about for the Giants then? No, I think the Giants need to win today. Yeah, Give it, yeah I, I think they do. Well, have a look at the list that they still have. Have a look at the midfield that they've got yeah. assembled. It's Cal Ward, Hopper, Canelio, Kelly, Tom Green, a young player, DeBoer. So you look at that nucleus of a side. I, I agree it would be disapp- really disappointing today, but their whole year, given the injuries they've had along the way, yep. and the fact they lost Cameron and you know, they've been on the road, I don't think you could say it's been... Oh, I think that they've got to a point now, winning four out of their last five, they've showed that they can mix and match with the best teams in the competition. Yep. So they've got to this point now with the injuries, a bit like Richmond have done in the past. They've had injuries to their key players So you're saying we shouldn't seasons. credit them so much for being for that period when they were poor early this season because their late season form is actually where they should have been. That's, exa- that's exactly where they should be, the Giants. I picked them to make the finals. I'm not yep. sure how many people did. I had them sliding into the eight. So I expected them to be in this position and I expect them to win today when you look at it on paper, an inexperienced side compared to the hardness of the GWS mids inside. That's where they turned the game last week against Carlton. I know lesser 
um, lesser team that they were coming up against the Sydney Swans. And the Swans are the number one pressure team in the competition. So it's going to be harder for them today. But when they turn the screws on teams in the middle of the ground, that's when the Giants look at their best. And I expect them to win. Plus the development of Sam Taylor, who's mm. become a great one-on-one that's player, but also he's an intercept king over the last mm. few weeks. And then House Party's Hogan, I think, in the, <laughs> in the forward line, it just gives them that avenue to be able to be that bailout kick long to help out Himmelberg. We might take a break, Dwayne. I'll let you uh, have your little say and maybe tease the break at, at what else we can uh, talk about. Certainly, Geelong fans, they can get on the line if they'd oh, like to. Yeah, don't stop that, Hutto. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's, let's Give us a, a call on, on the Southern Phone open line. Simplify your life with Southern Phone mobile plans. What else, Dwayne? I was going to say was I like the fact that Sydney now have – they've got six guys on there in their 22 today that one, two, three, four, five, seven guys that have come through their system. Yep. So they kind of, when you've got guys that come through your system as a 13-year-old, 15-year-old, seven, I love that, the fact that we've got a, a club now that can do that. I, I think we've lost something with the old under-15s, under-17s here in Victoria where you played in the jersey of your club coming through. So you've got to really go old school. Well, no, I think Sydney's the last chance to, to do it. Brisbane can do it now. We know that. Hopefully Tassie might be able to do it one day. But I think it's an advantage for Sydney to have guys come in that all know John Longmire anyway. They've been talking to John Longmire for five years. So, of course, they know what John Longmire is The academy, Dwayne. He knows the them. The old academy. Mm. Exactly. He knows them. So he knows that player like the back of his hand from the age of 15. Is that something, though, that can be elsewhere or it's just unique to Sydney? Well, it might be unique to Sydney. The Giants, the Lions, the Gold Coast can probably do it. Tassie might be able to do it one one day. But, yeah, that's the academy system, I think, working in their favour. When you get kids in, they're quickly able to actually come up to the level, I think, because they've been part of your system already. Do you think it's here to stay, the academy system? Well, I'm the head coach of the Saints Academy. Oh, <laughs> the, the difference is every team has an academy, but they've got to be multi, uh, multicultural or Indigenous yep. yeah, mm. to qualify as part of it. So yes, And the rule's changed already, hasn't it? The rule it? has changed off the back of Jamara oh, yeah. Hagen last year that the first yeah. round is now exempt, that you are you but, don't but have a right to be. But still get some automatically. So if you're in Cairns or, or yeah. one of those areas, you come down from Cairns as a 15-year-old, you know you're playing for the Suns. Academy through and through, so you can become part of their system. That's correct. Yeah, for Tom three Green's years. The one, the one of them. He's an academy yep. guy from the. That's correct. From the Giants too. Yeah, and I, I heard a discussion about this, and I think the view was that they've overreacted with the rule change straight away from a club point of view. That maybe if, if the player is part of Vic Metro or whatever, then they should be up for grabs for everybody. Yeah. But if they're actually outside that system, then the, that's where the academy sh- should the, come I in. Think that, that's the, pretty I, logical. To I make. think the most purest of this idea was to find those kids that haven't had an opportunity to be part of a pathway. And that otherwise wouldn't be to found. Get, yes, to, that wouldn't have been found. To give them some extra education, some football skills to get them up to speed. And if they've got that talent, then that club can benefit from it. And just feather a few nests along the way. Yeah, kids. have a listen to him. You know? <laughs> which, which I think is good and hopefully the Saints go okay. We'll take so a so. break. <laughs> Happy to take your calls and SMSs uh, on the temper text when we return. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Between the Sydney Swans and GWS, Adam Cooney, Nick Del Santo, Dwayne Russell and Anthony Hudson with a little bit of 150 madness. Not midday madness, but 150 madness. What's the number to call, Dwayne? one 736 736 Or the text. 433 You call and you'll get on. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Whatever you want to talk about Very in this good. finals. I don't take all my good stuff from Monday. <laughs> no, we'll leave. I'm sure there'll be some other topics that'll come up. But uh, from a broader point of view and, uh, about Geelong, and I know... Again, the the impulse today, as uh, from Geelong supporters, is to you. throw 
mate, yeah. But <laughs> there's a few others I can tell you is to just sort of think, well, it's all over. The empire has crumbled, as, yep. as Jared Healy sort of alluded to last night. Um, if they go out in straight sets or even if they make it to a preliminary final but fall short then, what's the fit? Is there a... Are they, have they got no choice but to try and go again next year and keep all their players? Or do they have to draw a line somewhere, do you think, and look to regenerate? I don't think they've got all the options on the board as it currently stands, Hutto. Now, I'm the first thing I will say is there's been a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction already, reading some stuff online today. That's no surprise, though. Well, it? no, it's not. But, I mean, this is a team that's been exceptional. So I think we just need to take a breath for a moment and just understand what this group has done. Now, they've put themselves in the position for 10 years... To win a flag. Now, ultimately, since 2011, they haven't done that. But all you can ask of a club, if you're a player, for example, Coons, is say, give me an opportunity to perform. Been extremely well led uh, from the very top in regards to the playing group. So, so they had a really poor night last night. Has that been a trend this year? Absolutely not. It was their worst performance, I think possibly Port's best performance, and it just happened to coincide in a 43-point loss last night. But this group has been so stable. And one thing that I've said about this group for years, Coons, the difference between their best and the worst is the best in the league. Now, last yeah, night was, was below that. that bar of so, what their worst had been, Hutto. Just to, to strengthen that argument, I, I would argue that the best quarter of football, and there's probably some others that I've forgotten, Geelong's was it third quarter against Richmond at the MCG that night, like nine goals, mm. and they were running absolutely rampant. It's hard to remember a better quarter of football than that. There'd be some other nominations. So no matter what team it is that loses on any particular weekend, yeah. when that team loses, you look at that team and say, geez, they're slow. Geez, they're too old. And that's what the, the uh, Cats looked like last night. We can use all of those descriptive words, and it does fit what we saw last night. I wouldn't be shocked if this turns around quickly. That game style that they have been so reliable with, conservative, sometimes a bit boring and slow, I accept all those words. But that was just so far off the mark last night from a decision-making point of view. And then just bloopers, like drop marks. Have you seen Paddy Dangerfield let balls go through his hands? Have you seen Lockie Henderson drop marks like that? There was, I mean, Joel Selwood's handball in the third quarter. It was only one small moment. I thought, I haven't seen Joel rush a handball like that to nobody in 10 years. It just isn't who they have been. So I'm I'm not completely dismissing it all yet, Hutto. And I think I don't know what other choices they have as you look forward to next year. Yeah, It's not a clean – you can't clean this whole place out. They don't have the luxury of bringing all these young players back in. So there was some frustration early on in the year, and I think a lot of it came from Cat supporters about the style of football that they were playing. So they were still winning against teams that they should beat, but – it was a slow, methodical style, particularly in the back half. Now, when they get into the in the front half, it's different because they know they've got Tom Hawkins to kick to, and for parts of the year, they've had Jeremy Cameron to kick to. But I, I think that you have to adjust, particularly to the team you're playing, and we all know the, the style of footy that Port wanted to play last night. It was going to be hard and tough inside, and they were going to just run and spread and cut footballs through the middle of the ground so they didn't cover the middle of the ground but they also I thought missed an opportunity to actually play with some more speed out of the back half now they played their normal style and went slow and tried to switch the footy which was to their detriment last night because they ended up turning it all over and Henderson dropped marks and Dangerfield's kick that hung up in the air too long all those small mistakes I I thought they missed an opportunity to actually play with it a bit more speed but from how, the back half. And you don't want to change your game style because you want to back in what you've done. Well, explain, that's a brilliant point, and I love it. And you, you instantly put yourself in that situation. You in, are instilled to play a style of football for 10 years. So this has been roughly who the Cats have been for 10 years. I pose the question to you, though. If I'm Chris Scott and I said to you, Coons, as a player, I want you to be more aggressive. I want your first look to be through the middle and just take the game on. 
How hard would that be after you've been taught a different way day in, day out for 10 years? It's hard. It'd be hard for Colin Jasney. It'd be hard for Henderson. It'd be hard for Henry. It'd be easier for Tom Stewart because yeah, he takes yep. the intercept mark and then he generally goes straight away. Yep. So his loss was significant. Well, which is one reason night. why his loss has been so significant, isn't it? Because he does have that he marks a- and goes. attacking flair. It's only a little one-step kick, but he's the one who does like to bite it off. So I thought they were, his loss was significant last night. And then they were just beaten in terms of pressure around the ball. But you can't we don't you can't say that they're old and slow after watching them last night because that's the, that's the way that they've been all year. But it has worked for them. So Henderson's not going to play that poorly. Selwood's not going to play that poorly. You would think that Myers, Dowhouse, the smaller forwards have more of an impact after watching what Rosie, Butters, Fantasia, Robbie Gray did at the, fall, at the fall of the ball last night. They were just electric. And compare that to Geelong's small forwards, it's an opportunity to look at that and improve this what, week. What you, I, I think you, it's a clear they, – they're going to bounce back this week. What are you saying, Hutto? Uh, no, what did you well, make of last night? It, it just was um, – I think it's difficult for Geelong supporters because – while on one hand, it's been incredible what the club has done and they, you know, they've dominated in home and away. They've won more than any other team. And to a degree, it depends how do you assess that team. Have they made the absolute best out of, the, out of that team uh, to, to put themselves in that position each year? I'd say yes. But have ultimately, the facts are that in finals, other than last year, and you can't, it's not, that's not a, just a little afterthought. They got to a grand final last year and were in a position in the second quarter to win a premiership. So that shows how close they came. Now, maybe there was a couple of factors that helped them last year with the shortened quarters. We'll never, we'll never really know whether that was significant or not. They ran into Dusty. Yeah. And that's another factor. Like, but that's always a factor when it comes to finals. And again, they set themselves up this year. They've They've got the double chance. They made the call on Jeremy Cameron, and then they lose Tom Stewart, and you know they lost Mitch Duncan. But that happens, and if you've got a list with that many players that are over thirty, it's more likely to happen. So that's the risk they've taken. I think Geelong supporters too are also of the view that, um, and I can't, you know, can't speak for everyone, but that um, how what that the, the call on Jeremy Cameron to give up three picks, no matter where they are. That was a big call. Well, you're pot committed, aren't you? You're pushing all the chips to the middle, saying we are going again. And our industry is is a funny one at times, isn't it, Dwayne? That we are only assessing Geelong on winning a flag. Uh, and Chris Scott's criticism is that yep. he won one 10 years ago and Chris Scott has not won a flag for 10 years and that's not acceptable. Yet you've got so many other clubs that would just be envious of playing finals at all, yet we're only comparing them to the ultimate. Other teams get a pass by. They've improved. They got to the finals, yet they still lost, or they might have won one final. They're progressing. This team has been around the mark yeah, and you have to, for a decade. And it's incredible. And he and is, you know, you, you absolutely, it's a very good point. And yet they haven't been able to play like still that win in the flag. They could still win the flag this year. I think, they they'll, I think yep. they'll beat the winner of either the Swans or the Giants. So I think they'll beat that, that winner next week. And they could still win a flag by using those draft picks to get Jeremy Cameron. So if they win a flag this year, then it'll be the greatest thing that has ever been done. What a great idea. Now, if they lose the flag, not such a great idea. But at the same time, I, I applaud Stephen Wells for, for giving Chris Scott as many tools as Chris Scott could possibly have to win the club a flag. So, you know, if Geelong drops off the face of the earth, well, they drop off the face of the earth. But it's kind of nice to... Yeah. Be pushing this team into the window every year. Now, I get your frustration, Hutto, because you're – I mean, in some ways, Midday Madness thrives on the fact that players come and go from clubs, but fans watch every week and they stick. They've been watching this 
club for 30 years. You've been watching them all your life. So nothing slips past the fan. They live and breathe it every day. And the I, fans the fans know how tough this is to watch year in, year out, not winning the flag because they know that the tools are there. I think you could acknowledge both, though. You can say it's been an incredible and amazing effort to do what they've done and be there each year, but yep. also have the frustration to say that in finals it hasn't worked. I mean, the, the, But Chris Scott this year's got more tools than he's ever had, I would say, given that they've recruited Smith and they've recruited Jeremy Cameron. So he's always had the tools in previous years. You're right, Dustin Martin was the difference last year. Richmond fans don't like people saying that, but he was the difference in the grand final. And now they've got more tools this year. If they'd have got Goldstein four years ago, they might have won two flags in the last four years. But the Ruckman's still an issue for them. And you mentioned Lysette's performance last night. He just competes, 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 competes. So you know what you're getting from Lysette. He's not one of the best five Ruckman in the comp, probably. But he competes. So... You know, to see to be outcompeted last night by Port is a frustrating mm. thing for Geelong fans to see as well. Can I ask you one, Hutto? And this is not to go back over the last ten years and, and lay the boots in. But Coons made a really good point before about Port Adelaide. He said, unfortunately, they've been a really good team, but unfortunately, they've never been the best team in that year. How many times in the last ten years has Geelong been the best team? Because they ain't. You speak about Dusty last year. They're not beating Richmond if Richmond turn no, up. How many times have they actually got the maximum out of that? Yeah, group? I don't think they've been the standout team. Probably. I mean, they have finished on top. Yeah. But I don't think they've been the clear standout but team. But if you're the best, but if you finish on top, you're the best team for the home and away season. Well, yeah. And if, and if you and if you're in front at three quarter time in a grand final, you're the best team in that grand final for three three quarters, aren't aren't you as well? But you're not at the end if you're not in front. No, but just, you know. But it, that's the how close it yeah. is, though. Yeah, and that, it is. And, and yeah. for teams who haven't been there for many years, like Melbourne, uh, they would they would kill to be involved in success over a sustained period of time. Not the ultimate success, success for, for 10 years. So yeah. 2011 is not that long ago yeah. that you won a premiership. So, compared to the Saints, compared to Melbourne. So back to your first point then, Hutto, where Adam takes us. And that is, even if Geelong go out in straight sets... Uh, Chris Scott stays, and they have to work out whether they're going to reload again, get a Ruckman, or whether they're going to try and go back to the draft. It's going to be an interesting call. Plenty of feedback coming through. We'll get to some of that in a moment. We'll take a break, though. Don't forget the Southern Phone open line. Simplify your life with Southern Phone mobile plans. You can get on. The number to call is... 1300... 736-736. You're listening to the AFL Nation pregame show for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. And for Rainbird, smarter irritation, it's the intelligent use of water. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Once upon a time, and they are in here. Uh, I'm Andy <laughs> Marr, not Anthony Hudson, and the pipes just decided to go. Let's hope it finishes up a bit better than the Titanic did. Got a couple of this superstars shift. who you've been listening to. Uh, well, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. I'll be Rose, and you can be Jack if you, you want. You know who the other two voices are. You've been listening to them all day. Um Dell, great to see you. First time I've spoken to you, and I, I wanted to make congratulations on the appointment. Thank you very St. much, Kilda, mate. I wish Thank you. you. I appreciate the, that, and you'll, I think you'll grow to love it. Already am. Yeah, good. Good. There's no growing. <laughs> I already am loving. How it. are you, Coons? Still here. Yeah, good man. <laughs> <laughs> Still kicking. What have we got now? Well, Ten till game time. So not quite the three-hour uh, build-up, but uh, no, I'm going to be We're building into I'm it. I'm going to put something to you. That we had Tuke Miller on drive yesterday, Robbie and I, and he said something that raised my bushy eyebrows. I want to put to you the pair of you in a moment, so we'll get to that. But Ooh. for the Southern Phone open line, simplify your life with Southern Phone mobile plans. You can call 1-800-736-736. In fact, we welcome some calls, don't we? We do. 
we just do. help us get through the next 45 minutes or so. Well, we, yeah. we've had a really good chat. And, well, no, I've been listening. Uh, I wouldn't say really good. No, it's, it's been, been very good. But you know what? <laughs> been some high points. There, there's something you know. amazing about football. And I might have spoken to you about yes. this before. I've spoken to Hutto and definitely Dwayne. If you ever think there's going to be a dull moment in football or in sport and no. you rock up going, got nothing to talk about today. It's just going to be a real tough three hours. There is always something that comes out of it. So off the back of last night, we just touched on it, the knee-jerk reaction about where does Geelong go from here. Mm, mm. Off the back of their worst performance of the year, I, I accept that. Coons and I both agree that that was hopefully a one-off, that they'll bounce oh, back and, and be a better team for it. But I don't know. It's just it was horrible. Well, Andy yeah. rolled in today, straight to Hunter. Commiserations, mate. All good things come to an end. So he's obviously <laughs> he's sniffing straight that? sets. And do you know what I love about that? A Carlton man, and I'm yeah. in a group chat with a lot of yeah, mates. I have a coach. We've got one Geelong mate. We've got a lot of mates that haven't won anything for a long time. They barrack for other clubs, but the Geelong mate was competent last night. <laughs> it's an easy opportunity uh, to just, get it a mate. You know what it is? It's misery loves loves yeah, company. Yes, of course you know, it does. That's what, that's what it does. Sheldon so. fraud. Thank you very much, Tony's. Out in East Bentley, uh, great friend to everybody here at uh, SEN. Uh, welcome to the show, Tone. Uh, g'day, gentlemen. You too, kind Andy. My question is related to the Geelong discussion that just took place for Nick and Adam. Is Geelong's game plan steady enough in a final when the intensity and the heat goes from say third gear down at Cadinia Park to fifth gear in finals? I think it is because what they generally do is own the footy. And, mm. and keep it off the opposition. So they've done that so well all year, and it starves you of opportunity going back the other way. Whereas last night, Port Adelaide owned the footy. That I think uh, Geelong were 63 down on their average in uncontested possession for the game. So they won clearances but got smashed from scores from stoppage. So Port Adelaide knew that they wanted to own the footy, took it off them, played an aggressive style of footy, and Ge- and it made Geelong look old and slow. Mm. So I think what they've been able to do, and it's been successful, they made a grand final doing it last year. So it, sta- it stands up and it stacks up. Port just didn't let them, they didn't allow them to do that. They've been one of the widest teams off the half-back line, the slowest teams off the half-back line, the they most conservative it, teams off the half-back line. So I think to that, to that question, if anything, their game is as steady as anybody's. But in finals, when you come up against a team like Port that took it on... Richmond last year. Richmond last year at times. And when they lose, Mm. the the, the easy answer... And the reality is they're too conservative. Mm. So it is a really steady game style that, hence why I said probably before, Coons, they have the least deviation between their best and the worst. There's not much room for variation because they play such a steady style. Last night they got exposed by a team that was prepared to just take it on take a risk and see what plays out as so a result. So let me put to you two – sorry, you go, Kurt. Well, they're 18th for turnover usually, which yep. goes to show, show how conservative they are. But their undoing last night was in the back half when they were moving it slowly, they were turning the footy over. Yep. And so, it went back the other way and it cost them goals. So the one thing – and look, Tui and Stewart make a big difference to that Tui back. Tui and Stewart. To, yeah, to the back. So, so that's a given. They're, yep. they're, if they're full strength – but, so the, but the full strength thing – um, nobody's except Melbourne's pretty close. No, nobody Port? is right. Port, Port are getting closer. Far off. The one thing Mel, uh, Geelong can't. I put to you two. The one thing they cannot um, have exposed is their lack of leg speed. And if you can get them move, if you can get them like spinning their heads all over the joint and off balance and out of kilter, like Port Adelaide did from the from quarter time on last night, when they can't close you down. They can't get to. They can't get across to because it, they're not a super quick yep. team. And, and what happened? You're spot on. So you just picture, and I'm sure for those that watched it last night, when Alia took an intercept mark, he rarely went back over his mark like the no 1980s. Way. He wasn't going back five or ten. 
It was taking one or two or none and instantly moving that ball. So what that does for a defence crew that's been so good for so long in the Cats, they have a moment to set up behind the football. Defend fast is often the terminology. So as the ball's coming out of the Cats' back half, those defenders that can't impact are locating. Find a man, cover a dangerous exit. But when that turnover was so obvious to Aaliyah, they didn't have that five, ten no. metres, one or two seconds, say, okay, Port are going to try and get out this way if they are. The exit was already there. Yeah. And Port were off to the races. Then it becomes dominoes on the way back. They're also a fold-back defence, so they want to get extra numbers back. And they, and they like to defend back. And they, You can see them pushing further and further. And they rely on pressure up the field to do that, to be able to intercept Mark. And with Stuart not there, how badly do they get exposed on the deck last night? Amazingly with with so. five out of this, oh, of small forwards. Poor old Lockie Henderson was finding himself on the ground 80% of the time trying to... Well, it's because he kept dropping marks. Well, Andy. it didn't help. It didn't help. But he, but he was in the worst place that he could that, that Henderson, at this stage of his career... He's never been strong when the ball's down below. Call Jasney Henry. Well, that's right. That's they're, right. They're, but it seemed to be back yeah, But it seemed to be Henderson seemed to be the one uh, often last night that found himself in that critical, yep. and yep. it just looked. There's a conversation to be had off the back of that, Andy and Coons, which I don't know the answer to it just yet. Now we know Tom Stewart is a superb player. That's a, that's a given. Multiple All Australians. We've seen the influence on this, but it concerns me. From a long-term perspective, Reliance. if he's yeah, mm. if he's for the, I mean the best teams, and I'm considering the cats in this. It's a system: the Hawks, yep, the yep, Tigers. Yep. It's not an individual. Alex Rance goes down. It's okay. We, we play a system. So this is one person throwing Tui to a, to another degree. All of a sudden, the whole system's gone off the back of one guy. That that, that concerns me. That mm. means that it's not about the structure and the system and the team defence. It revolves simply around Tom Stewart. Now, we love him as a player. I'm not playing him down no, at all. No, no. The initial concern off the last couple of weeks is it was him or it's him or nothing. But and at the, the moment, it's been hasn't been good. Well, they're the, they were the users, though. So, so yeah. Tui's the, the guy who takes it on. The only yeah. one who takes it on yeah. in the back six. And, and, and Stewart's your intercept guy. Though Mitch Duncan came he in goes. last night. He was really good. But he plays wing, wing back. So, so he, he works hard to get back, as does Isaac Smith. Yeah. But they just didn't, they didn't get that. Last night. So I pose this to Duncan you. Duncan got a lot of footy, but didn't have any. I'm going to put you the on the game. spot. I'm going to put you on the spot. So it's not working. What we've seen. So they only lost by a kick last week against the D. So no, it, it didn't work last night. It wasn't horrific. So what yeah, you've but seen? They, the, they did cough up a seven goal. Lead. They did. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about the last five yep. quarters of yep. football. Has been diabolical from yep. a Geelong perspective. You're Chris Scott. You know you need to replace the styled player of Tom Stewart and Tui. Who is it? And how do they do it? Because they can't dish that up again. You can't tell me that Tom Stewart's not playing. Therefore. We can't compete. We're going to get beaten by seven goals. Who has to do it then? Well, they tried with Gary Rowan. To, and they had well, to put him behind the footy once O'Connor went down yeah, last well, night. That was so a he, twofold reason. O'Connor had, went down, and, and the bloke you mentioned wasn't getting. A he sniff. wasn't. He couldn't sniff Sharon. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I don't know who the, I don't know who the replacement is from Geelong, and who's waiting in the wings. Is it a younger player? Do you want to test out Narkel at halfback? Mm-hmm. See if you can get some drive, like Dan, Daniel Rioli. Style. He's turned his career around playing off halfback. Yeah, you prefer to do it during do, the year or do, give them a summer yeah, well, to at least right. find their yeah. feet. But, well, then they're the options they've got. Mm. Yeah, they get, well, that's right. No, no, they're going to have to come. They can't it go Mitch, out. Does Mitch Duncan go and play as a permanent uh, halfback? Does they, Isaac Smith yeah, do it? Yeah. If you don't want to bring someone in as a risk. But they're going to have to make at least one change with the injury to O'Connor. Fascinating to see what they do. Southern phone open line. Let's get one more before we get to the break. Daniel, we'll get to you on the other side of the break, mate. So please don't go anywhere. I'll call you back if you, if you need to um, do something else. I want to hear from you. But Pete's in Adelaide wants to continue the conversation about the Cats. G'day, mate. 
Oh, good afternoon, uh, fellas. Thank you for taking the call. Uh, pleasure to speak to you. Pleasure. Yeah. Great to have you. I went, to, I, went to, sorry, I went to the game last night, and uh, I, I agree with everything you've been saying today. Uh, the, Port were young, up and you know, up and uh, they were just enthusiastic. They were really, uh, they were really. I'm a giant supporter, by the way. I went to the game last night, like I said. They were at it. They were enthusiastic. They and they were they were there, and uh, they really exposed Geelong for what they are. They're they're a team that's getting on a bit, unfortunately. You know, a couple of points I want to make if you don't mind. Okay, go um, ahead. Yeah, uh, Geelong. They over the last few years they've got an aging list, and they keep topping up their list with aging players. I don't understand it. You know, and and, and, and on the back of that, I'm not a f- football purist. I don't understand this game plan as. as as detailed as, as you blokes probably do. But, you know, because I go to the football and I just see 36 ball blokes running around chasing the ball in the, in the <laughs> tight pack all over the thing. So it's hard to sort of uh, think, oh, a game plan. What, they, they, all, they all play the same in my book, you know. But, but having said that, their game plan must be, to me, you've got to revolve your game plan around, around your playing group. What, what are these boys capable of doing? What can I, you know, what can we do with this? Well, well, well that's the kind of point, isn't it, Pete? And it's been discussed that they, they, yeah. when they're doing, when it's on their terms, they're very good. Mm. They're very good, and, and their style of play probably does accommodate naturally or manufactured because they are they don't have that leg speed. So the game of the kick, mark, conservative, set up behind the football, don't take the game on like Port LA did last night, mm. allows for plays that don't have that turn of foot mm. to get into position, to, to minimise the damage on the way back. So it's a great point, Pete. And this is – I'm sure this is a conversation for all coaches at all levels. Do you build a game plan that you think and in your heart of hearts knows that you know can win finals and a grand final – or do you develop a game plan that suits that playing group that you've got at that time? And I'm sure it's a balancing act because you can't always have it both ways. Well, there's a there's a story being written over a long period of time about Chris Scott's game plan. Mm. It's good to it's good for 75 to 80 percent wins home and away. It's good to win a final or two every year. But bar for the first year of his time at Geelong, and it's a long time at Geelong now, it doesn't win your premierships. Now, that's the harshest call yeah. because it – That's pretty brutal. It is. Given that he's but a it's premiership true. coach. But the first year. Since then, he's just been a winner, and they've been enormous, and they keep getting there. So what do you – so I, I'm – So is it I'm unlucky? Like, is, it, is it unlucky? I've been of the opinion that they have to play more aggressively. I have for the last 18 months. And I think a lot of Geelong supporters are of the same opinion. They want to see some more risk in this side. So the risk creates turnover, which creates scores against. So that's what when Geelong are in that mode, they control the ball, they win, they beat teams. Is it – so you're saying you want to change it? No, I'm, I'm posing the question. I'm like Pete. I don't understand the nuance of the X's and the O's, and I don't know how hard it is. Within but it's clear. A game, the within a game clear. When, you've, when you've got that's right. When you've got an established game plan that works, how do you? What, what if it's not working like it wasn't last mm. night? If it's broken like it was last night, how hard is it to crank into a into a into a plan B? Yeah. That's what well, I'm getting Chris at. Scott answered that a little bit in his post-match presser. He said in the second half, had to move Gary Rowan to a different position mm. to try and generate it. He was forced to do it for multiple reasons. And he openly said, for us to generate more score and to take the game on, you give up something on the way back. 
You, yep. you have to. Yep. And that, that yep. is turnovers or the possibility of turnovers and ultimately it scores against. But that's your risk versus reward to, to win well, you the right. ultimate, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. when, it's a really difficult question to answer, Andy, of over, over a 10-year period. Of course it is. This is a team that has done this better than anybody over a 10-year period to put themselves in this position. But they haven't executed in finals. So is it good enough to get you there, but then it doesn't execute in finals? But they've been a lot of these teams during the year playing the exact same style at GMHBA Stadium or away. It's not specific necessarily mm-hmm. to just that ground. They play these teams all over the country over the last 10 years. Finals different, though. They just don't execute in those moments, Andy. Uh, we, I think we will get to – we're supposed to get to a break, but Dan's been hanging on for a while. So, Daniel, out there in Windenville, let's get your call, mate. We might have to park the response to it on the other side of the break, mate, but far away. Daniel, are you there? No, he's dropped out. He's had enough. Okay, let's get a break out of so long and then he dropped out. Well, I know. We've been hanging him on. But well, maybe he's just engrossed in the conversation. And whatever question well, he had. Well, I think we answered it. was answered yeah, by yeah, you we answered it. Southern phone, open line. If you want to get on, one, you can. one three hundred seven three six seven three. 736 Simplify your life with Southern phone mobile plans. It is 20 past two here. We're getting closer to the bounce of the footy. The Greater Western Sydney Giants and the Sydney Swans. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Faster business internet, head to at AFL Nation on Twitter. Adam Cooney, Nick Del Sando, Andy Ma filling in for the time being. We're not too far away. We're getting closer. We're getting closer. 55-odd minutes to go. We're just watching some highlights on the big screen here in the studio of Bud. Just mm. a, a few... Oh, my gosh. He was. Can we please oh. just get one of those yeah. moments? Just oh. one of those 50 moments they've just put up in a little highlight reel of the big fella. God, my God. Sam Palpepo Instagram story at the moment. <laughs> From a while ago. <laughs> He's all excited. Well, yes. We were there. We were lucky enough to be there last week. Uh, it wasn't an overly compelling game of footy against the Gold Coast Suns. but He had the look in his eye. He did, didn't he? And yeah. Jared McVeigh said that earlier, didn't he? He said he was up and about. and mm. we, we covered the game as well. It's hard to say that someone like Bud looked different because he's been so good for so long. Yeah. He looked a little bit different last weekend he off had, the back of the break. He looked lighter on his feet or something. Yeah. He had a bit of pep in his step. 24 finals he's played, and he's got five bags of three bags of five or better. Nice. One against your old mob, uh, the Western Bulldogs. Were you playing? Were you still there the year? Probably that, on him. Which year was it? Uh, 14? No, eight, or, no. eight or nine. Oh, yes. He would have been there. He yes. kicked eight against you blokes. Yep. Kicked seven against Adelaide the year before. And That's he had right. a bag of five against someone four or five years later. So he's had a lot of good games. He's had a lot of very good finals. But we're all – the romantics are hoping he has a massive one today for he, obvious reasons. I think he kicked you know. a bag against us when I was at the Kangas up there 2014, I reckon. We that played was it, Olympics. five, I reckon. That was the other that one. That was a heap. I reckon him he and got five. Tippett off the top of my head kicked about – Ten between them. Yeah, no, it'd yeah, be Curtis, not Joel. Kurt. <laughs> he could have a day out. Uh, no late changes uh, here. Hashtag AFL Swans Giants. Uh, that's the hashtags there for social media purposes, I think. Mm. Uh, medical subs: uh, Robbie Fox for the Swans and Tanner Bruin for the Greater Western Sydney Giants. Um, let's look beyond it just for the time being, because you know we've got another fifty minutes to get ourselves um, into this one. 
as Lance is using the Therabody. Now, what, this is just... The, be, what was that? So there's, you know, the Therabody self-massages? Yeah, yeah. Is that yeah. from Sexy Land? <laughs> no, well, it's not that, no, <laughs> but it could be. The, the, the penetrator or something. There's a lot of self-manipulation going on these days. <laughs> it looks like it. Self-massage. Can I just talk to you? Yeah, I know. Terry says, go What's your new Is it 11.30? He's been here for a while. He's been here for a while. Um... Fresh batteries in it. That's this has been going on for yep. eighteen months, two years now. These where the players just get access to the and it's the Therabody. That's yep. the commercial outfit that produces them. Oh, okay. But they can just grab a massage unit now, irrespective of all the stuff that you get done by the trained staff yes. on air, yes. and just give yourself a little bit of a manipulation. I've got one at home. Have you? Yep. It's great for calves. You've got the Therabody at home. I've got, Have you? I've got, uh, I run on roads a little bit too much, so they're mm. fantastic for the calves. I've got a sore hip, okay. so you just. Sit there and just on the edge of the uh, on oh, the side. Yeah. You're yeah. not allowed to he's, ask. He's any going questions. another. He's going another place. So, yeah, I don't right. run. I don't run in emergencies. Just another now. sign, Andy, of how the players take responsibility for their own body. Correct. What are the physios doing then? Oh, they do well, it back they, in my day. Yeah. That was their job. That was it was. Right. You're right. Um, well, they, they take care of ball movement now, do they? <laughs> had a fantastic <laughs> chat to Tuke Miller yesterday. Uh, off go. the back of his All-Australian yes. uh, selection. Well-deserved. Asked him at the end of the conversation, Took you played them all, a couple of them, multiple occasions. He said, who's the best in it? And he said, no, team. Oh, team. Not commentator. Okay. He said, uh, look, it pains me to say this, but Brisbane, best side in it. Categoric. Wow. No, he said, when they roll, when they get their stuff rolling, it's the best of any side in the competition. And I don't know how much, because we're here and we're looking, we've obviously been looking at this game. So I don't know how much um, you've dived into uh, the lineups coming up later on tonight. Melbourne taking on Melbourne, the team, clearly, I think, the team in most people's minds, probably to beat Port Adelaide, closing the gap. The Brisbane midfielders and mid smalls who can kick goals, yep. when you look at that group as a cohort, that is. Terrifying. How do you cover McCarthy, Zorko, Cockatoo, McCluggage, Bailey, Berry, Lyons, Neil, Robinson? How do you cover that group? Because most of them aren't just solid role players. Um, One, two, three, four, five. Five of them are are pretty handy goal kickers. This is where you roll into a team defence, so no one takes any responsibility for anybody, Andy. So in the review on a Monday, you say, well, I'd handed him over, coach. He was working up into other areas. I'm a little bit surprised that he was so definitive. Definitive he was. But when you think about the lines, and we've watched a lot of their games throughout the year, but when they're at their best probably... What, six to ten weeks ago yep. when you thought they, they are up and flying. That's a really good way to assess this midfield. Now, if I said to you, Andy, just quickly off the top of your head, who's got the best midfield in the comp right now? Well, you would probably say Melbourne, Melbourne yep. because of the three or four, well, the, the three superstars. The upper echelon. Yes. So what Melbourne, and you throw the Ruckman into the mix. There, and what Melbourne probably doesn't have, and maybe that's where Took was going with this, is Bailey kicks goals. Yep. McLuggage has shots on goal. Yeah, be nice, if, yep. yeah, yes, be nice but he's a threat yep. forward is what I was trying to yep. highlight. Zorko, McCarthy. Yep. Lions can do it, and Lockie Neal to a lesser degree. Yep. So they've actually got a real balanced midfield. You've got the hard-nosed inside midfielders, and that doesn't include Robinson as well, Correct. someone like that Throw that can go in, in there yep. and, and get the job done. So they've got a great balance of hard-nosed ball winners, elite ball users, and then threats when they go forward Correct. as well as a midfielder as Correct. well. So that, that's a really, it's a really astute and accurate probably comment by Took to say, hey, we've got to cover all of these threats. If you're Melbourne and you're playing Melbourne, you're probably thinking – we need to cont- uh, compete at that contest. On the spread, we should be okay. Mm. 
And outside of probably Petrarca when he rolls forward, not many of those other guys are really kicking goals, are they? Not many. Do not the, many. Do the fortunes of the Brisbane Lions winning the flag this year rest on Joe Danaher's shoulders? Well, I was going to ask you about I mean, he's Because yeah. he's the one now. McStay ain't going to get it done. He's a role so, player. So it's the blokes that we've just been talking about. Yeah. Right? And they've got to... And Joe. And Joe and Charlie Cameron. I was going to say, Cameron. okay, yep. let, let me try and trump you on that. Who's more important, Danaher or Cameron? Joe Danaher. You why, know what it's why, like? Why? You know what it's like late in the final when the pressure's on, you're kicking... All you want to do... I was going to say, I know who they're kicking it to. All you want to do is get territory yep. because it is helter-skelter. You're getting half-dragged to the ground every time you get the footy. All you want to do is kick it long and you want that, you want that thought in the back of your mind that Joe's going to be there. And Charlie Cameron's got to be at Joe's feet. So who? How do they? I've thrown you on the spot here because you haven't probably done matchups and everything. But if St- you, who would you? Stephen who, May. You're, Stephen you're May. just throwing May straight. Stephen on May. Lockdown. Even if he wants to get up the oh, if I, Joey wants to get up the ground. Hold and up, back. You don't need it. to go over halfway. I think Stephen May is a better defender when he's one on one and beats him in that body work. I, I've, and they've already got Jake Lever who does the picking and choosing yeah. of coming off. So I think Jake Lever will pick his target. It'll be probably. Well, they've got a lot of good small forwards as well. So it, well, let, let's say to Link McCarthy, yep. to say, Link, we know your job is once again to get up the ground, join in, leave us that roll-off support. Um, Harrison Petty, therefore, has a huge so responsibility. he's the one that often gets the – you just lock down on someone so yep, so Lever can go and do his thing and May can come off and be third up if he needs to be. The other one's be. Young Rivers. Well, yeah, so, so Big. Does, okay. So does Lockdown. He, does he get Cameron? Who, who out of that Melbourne back half – who do you put on Charlie? Who do you confidently put on Charlie Cameron, knowing that he won't get distracted? Yep. And when Cam- if Cameron gets his tricks rolling, he's got the wherewithal to cope. Oh, would you give Rivers a job? Yep. On Cameron, I am. I'm going Rivers, Cameron, Stephen May, Danaher, and Harrison Petty McStay, and that way Lever. Yep. Can it's funny that he picks his target a little bit like Aaliyah. We touched on this earlier. Aaliyah picked his target last night. Take take that smaller. Ford that you know has the role yep. and plays that structure to come up to contests and pressure where they have to. Which, but that, but that could be Dane Zorko. Mm. And well, then they'll, the, they'll, the danger adjust. of leaving Dane Zorko to go up and float through a stoppage this, is this, fraught with danger. This is what I'm saying. If I'm cockatoo, if, if I'm fags, if I'm fags, and I'm setting up this forward line, we're holding six. Yep. Okay. The only way you can't allow and give the D's defence exactly what they want. If they can manufacture it, good luck to you. Mm. But we're not giving you a plus one naturally. But, yeah. And the forwards grow an extra leg because of that. Mm. Because it's so hard to fight. It's hard enough to fight one-on-one. But once you've got an outnumbered yeah, yeah, situation, yeah, yeah. You're, yep. you're behind the eight ball from the start. And you're basically just concentrating on rounding players up half the time. Yep. If you've got something you're really looking forward to outside of any of the three remaining games, feel free to share them with us. one three hundred seven three six seven three six on the Southern Phone open line, simplify your life with Southern Phone Mobile Plans. You're listening to AFL Nation pregame show for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Summit Internet, faster business internet at AFL Nation. On Twitter is the place to go. You're listening to the AFL Nation pregame show for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Anthony Hudson. Thankfully, back in the uh, in in the house. This yeah, feels well, this feels like an ice hockey changeover where the puck goes down one end and then as it's going, like four it. people go ahead and four come back. Speed on the game, Dale. Yeah, I like I just, it. I just wanted. To, I was listening to Andrew yesterday with Bob. I think it was yesterday or the day before, and they had Dylan Grimes on, 
who's one of best, who wins the Richmond Best and Fairest. And the introduction <laughs> yes. was all about the night, what the night of a Best and Fairest uh, feels like and your anticipation, whether you're going to win or not, the influence it's going to have on the night. So you'd think, okay, I'll bring Bob Murphy in, you know, former champion of the yeah. Bulldogs and captain. You didn't talk about yourself, did he you? He talked about his own experience. Not a Marcelin. Well, there's a relevant point to be made, Nick, and I, I made it beautifully. And I could hear... The the three hundred gamer and Richmond's latest BNF winner going yeah no that's a very good point you was it at Marcelin is that the sniggering or <laughs> well, yeah of course yeah and I'm assuming also that the Richmond boys didn't catch up in person which would have made it a little no, bit different no no that's all pretty odd isn't it the old Zoom we, I mean we're getting used to it now but uh, it was over and done with pretty quickly mm. and we're seeing it aren't we with all of it now the yeah. Hall of Fame and the All Australians and everything it's it's um. It is what it is for the time being. Hey, just on that, and you were talking about the, the Melbourne game, do, do you f- feel like how psychologically Melbourne from last week to this week, how the week will have panned out? Like there's such an up on Saturday night. They've won all these awards during the week. Does it help that there was no buy and that, 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 that they talked about that for you – know, that's sort of been the focus or – how mentally yeah, ready do you think Melbourne will be It's tonight? a really good point. Mm. It's all, we speak about momentum. We use this term momentum. They've got great momentum coming in to this finals. And we covered the game here last week on Saturday night where going into the last quarter, they're down by seven-odd goals. It's like, well, they just need to find some momentum in this last 30 minutes, not assuming or not thinking that they were going to do what they ultimately did. But that, that does bubble away, and it does fester in a positive way that you're like, okay, we're ready to go. Now, the, the challenge from the individual awards is – when you rock up to the football club, nothing's different. If anything, you make it a little bit more strict and a little bit more, hey, well, you know, those awards are brewing. We'll acknowledge them. And I'm assuming that they would have behind closed doors. But right now, we can celebrate them at another time. We need to get to work. And it's all about your preparation. How much did you love or, or how, much, how did you react to the Christian Petrarca interview oh, post-game? That's a huge reaction. Isn't it? Like it's it really hit home. You just don't see that. It hit home. Yeah. You're right. You don't see it, but no. it hit the right note with Melbourne supporters, didn't it? It had to. Did you see was he a, Yeah, I did. Was he a Melbourne supporter growing up? I just wonder like he, he had I a don't great think so. I just no, thought he had a great sense. Anyway, my, my yeah, point yeah, behind yeah. it, I just thought he had a great sense of a young man who hasn't been there for that period of time where yeah. all those struggles to get a feeling of the history about what I think people have to at Melbourne. And what people have gone through, and I'm sure they'd hear it in mm. passing anyway, and you hear the sniggers and you, you know, they've got social media, but I just thought he summarised the emotion and the feeling of doing what they did on that particular night and making people proud. And you feel like you have a sense of responsibility as a player. You don't necessarily know who it is to directly, but you know you are representing something that makes it, people feel a certain way. Isn't the history fascinating for all clubs when you think about it? When you think about Melbourne and what they've had to go through, what Ben Rutten has deliberately yep. done pre-season at Essendon, you know, and getting old players back and mm. putting posters up and training at Windy Hill and bringing that element of history. And yet you also in the past there's always – Richard was like, oh, you know, still living in the glory days. Carlton, the, the that's right, old Carlton, the, the yeah. old Carlton. Mm. What the, and and even like the even now, you know, Kernahan and yep. Williams and yep. all those. Yep. Oh, that you know, 
their spectre still there mm. in the background. And, and then to add a layer on the top of that, we often reference in football clubs about writing your own chapter. Mm. Mm. It, that, that is so good, the history, whether it be successful or it's been pretty dark for a period of time. But this is an opportunity well, for you to write your own yeah, chapter Jared as a group. McVay said it today, yeah. didn't he? He was a, yeah, the Bloods and all that. And this new group, they like to Yahoo! And I think, <laughs> I think of it throughout the journey of, of <laughs> the a, Whatever that is. Yeah. I think at the journey of a footballer, when you speak about that history, it will hit you at a different time about that sense of responsibility. So as a young you take it in and I recall my time I was 17 when I got drafted we went through a history lesson of St Kilda individuals what it meant the, the grounds that we played at over the time it was actually like a workshop just to get a sense I think we even had to do a presentation a small presentation on a player that we chose and I can't remember if it, re- if it was reference to your play number but the purpose of it was that you had to learn about the history of the football club now, I was a 17-year-old, as I was at the time. It was homework. Yeah. I was like, really? Okay. Yeah. And I was an Essendon supporter growing up, so I didn't know the history. I knew Robert Harvey and Stuart Lowe and a handful of those guys. When you chose an Essendon player, that probably didn't go <laughs> yeah. that well. well. I said Timmy Watson <laughs> and Gavin Wanganeen, they were a bit concerned. But, they played against St Kilda. But, but then yeah. it, it gets to a stage in your life, and maybe it's in your mid-20s, you go, okay, I understand why I needed to learn that. And it is the flow on of the culture and trying to instill those right tra- uh, values and trademarks throughout that group. So... I, I love all that stuff, Hutto, and maybe because I'm a little bit older, but I love knowing the history. And I just thought Christian Matraka hit the nail on the head with that, the it's, emotion it of it. It was perfect, I reckon. It was absolutely. So I don't know, I don't know how you bottle that. Mm. Whatever Petrarca was feeling at that moment, however you if you can if you can get that replicated and felt by several today and they know how to harness that, well that that I feel like that could be a really powerful force, this finals campaign. Because no, normally that's after a flag, though, isn't that's it? That's right. So you don't want to peak too early. Yeah. You don't want to become overwhelming and the the burden of it all to become, you know, t- t- sort of suffocating. So it'll be, it'll be fascinating to see how they cope. Um, shout out to Flight Centre. Win big with Flight Centre. Five years of holidays big. That's pretty good, isn't it? We're in five years of holidays. So from twenty twenty. Well, that's right. Well, hopefully, yeah. Well, don't talk it down. I mean, we're hoping that. <laughs> can we delay it? Can we delay it a little bit when we, that when that up. starts? Well, we can talk to the good people at Flight Centre about that. Where will you go? I know where you've got to go. Flightcentre.com.au slash win. So get in now. Get that in the back pocket. Um, and away we go. This is the pregame show for Beaumont Tiles. Win tiling products for a year. Icanwin.com.au. Both teams shortly begin their warm-up for room. Ask your plumber to install a room steady, hot and strong. You're listening to AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Owns, uh, before we get stuck back into all of the other stuff in the pregame, we're not too far away from seeing these teams. Have we talked about Carlton's new coach yet? We'll have a chat about that, but we've got to get an odds update done. Uh, Yeah, let's go and get that done right now. A points bet update. It's shacking easy to bet anytime. Download the points bet app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. G'day punters, Elliot from Points Bet Preview in the game this afternoon. Sydney versus Greater Western Sydney. The Swans, their favourites. Dollar seventy-seven with us at Points Bet head to head. GWS Outsiders two ten. Only a four and a half point start on the line. GWS have been pretty popular here as well. The total match points set over or under 155 and a half. We've seen a bit of money come for the unders being a final, expecting a pretty low scoring tight affair. Goal scorer markets, they're always popular. Buddy Franklin, first line of betting at $7.50 with us. 
Toby Green, $8. Jesse Hogan, $9. And then Tom Papley's $10 to kick the first with us at PointsBet. Plus, we've got the same game multi-refund offer available on all finals games with us at PointsBet. So place a three or more league same game multi. And if one league fails, get your money back in bonus up to $25. T's and C's do apply. So head to pointsbet.com.au to find all these markets and download the app. And please, gamble responsibly. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, not too far away from really sticking our teeth into, getting our teeth into the, the game at hand, the Greater Western Sydney Giants against Sydney. Just just before we get to a break and clear all our commitments prior to the, um, the game starting, what are you hearing about Collingwood? Are you hearing anything about the setup at Collingwood from a coaching perspective and Mark Corder's... Um, Longevity for his position on the board. Are you hearing anything about either of those? Well, that's a very you've you've almost asked the question that you've got the answer to there, haven't you? But have you heard anything? Because you've got you. So I know you. I've known you for a long time, and you know a whole lot more than you generally let on. I I don't have a great read on anything more than they've just gone at their own pace, haven't they? It's been interesting. They Mm, they have. I've kind of been waiting for somebody who's involved in the current final setup to emerge. Because it's, and I know Don, they did want to speak to Don Pike in person. They weren't able to do that because of the COVID yep. restrictions. That was one thing. But you kind of felt like that, even though they felt they were at that stage, they were the only team looking for a coach, that there might have been somebody that was being held up. But it now appears like it's going to be Craig McRae and a couple of others around him, and that the appointment will be made probably pretty soon. I like the observation that they've taken there. They haven't been worried about anything else no. that's going on. They've obviously got issues from a board perspective that they're dealing with as well. Yeah. And you wonder what sort of backroom conversations are going on between the quarter board and Jeff Brown and how that all's – and Brown's two – you know, the, the two that are going to come in and join the board from – and if Jeff, Jeff Brown does come in, is Jeff Brown coming in to be a board member or is he coming to be president? How yeah. that So that, that's all got to play out. I think they've felt too, maybe with the exception of Clarko, and that was, only, that was always unlikely and only if it – he clearly made himself available yeah, and they had yep. to consider him. Is that they probably felt that he, they were going to be looking for a different guy than Carlton. So they weren't really competing. So was Ross Lyon ruling Collingwood out that night on footy classified, saying instability and um, oh, the other word he used, which is one of those classic uh, – you know, it'll Misalignment or something. Yeah, there's another word he used. But was that – was he Buckley's well, – sorry, was he Maguire's man – and once Eddie was no longer there, Ross Lyons' possibility of being the next Collingwood coach sort of disappeared as well. Is that is that is that too narrow a read on how that might have played out? Potentially, I, I don't know how long. Like when Eddie was there, was was Bucks going to survive? If you go back that far, or do you think he was always destined? Well, to finish? I think I think it was. I think destiny was writing its own story. Yeah, it does seem like Ross and Eddie are fairly well mm. aligned. They, they? Yeah, they do speak each other's language to yeah. a degree. So I don't know, but it now seems Ross well, will coach Carlton, won't? He? I think so. I think it's a. I mean, don't worry about all this stuff. I was. What, why are they actually bothering well, going know. through a process I don't know. now? I don't and know. throwing up Nathan Buckley's name. I, I think that was just a red herring. To complete just, smokescreen. Like if that's if that's the way they want to go, that's their call to make. But just they just, just own it. I know. But then that, I think they want to be seen to have gone through the process. They want to be seen to be a, a thorough board that does it. You know, dots the eyes, crosses the t's, all that sort of stuff. They don't want to be seen to be preempting and. But that's make, what they've. Well, done. that's exactly what they've done. How do and, you and, feel about that? Well, I. Well, I'm a, I've always been a Ross Lyon, uh, the, the coach. Yep. I've been a massive Ross Lyon fan as a coach. Yep. Wherever Ross go, has gone, whether it be an assistant or senior, teams that he's gone to in the AFL have been better, significantly better for his um, for his contribution to coaching those teams. So I, I am, I'm all in if that's the case. 
they've got some other stuff they've got to deal with. It's been documented yep. to a degree without the whole story being told, and it can't be told because of confidentiality arrangements that have existed in other parts of the world. But there are those issues that Carlton have had to deal with from a board perspective, um, and there's a couple of elements from a from an executive perspective that I think they've had to deal with as well. But I think at the end of the day, the president's going to get his way. And do you think there'll be more change? I think there'll be more change. Yeah. So. I think there will. And the other thing that we well, Bob Murphy mentioned, now Bob Murphy is not one who who uh, is is in the scuttlebutt business. Yeah. But he mentioned yesterday. What butt did he mention yesterday? He mentioned Brent, Brendan Bolton's butt. Right. He said Brendan Bolton. Where's he going to plant his butt? Brendan Bolton is going to be part of the Craig McRae coaching ticket at uh, Collingwood. Mm. So we all know Lepar, we, we feel like that's a done deal, even though Justin's holding his counsel and we'll wait and see how that plays out. But Bob was saying that um, you can expect Brendan Bolton to come along as well. So, look, that's all fascinating. You're listening to AFA Nation pregame show for Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Maybe there'll be more on that down the track. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.